I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. If you're listening, you've stumbled upon our first roundtable episode of the summer of 2020. We are talking to the incumbent champs. Yes, it's our rowdy Liverpool fans celebrating their Premier League victory. Um, we're in a we're in a strange season, and we chatted to them about how they're retooling and gearing up for the season that is due to kick off in less than two weeks. Obviously, it's a little bit of champagne problems when we talk to the uh, reigning champs, but. Will Jones and Scott Coblin, our two recurring guests, had a few things to dig into. We tried to poke a few holes in their team, something that they actually very willingly admitted to adding on to. Uh, we got into some fun games and segments, a little bit of did Klopp say this, did Klopp say that, and then we closed it out with Patrick's favorite little bit, leave it, and of course, season predictions of where Liverpool finishes in and around the top four. Uh, give it a listen. We hope you enjoy it. We now welcome on our esteemed guests, our resident Liverpool Liverpool fans of the pod, one of which is holding the title belt for, for Fantasy Premier League winner uh, in its inaugural season, and the other is Scott Coblin. How are you guys doing? Welcome back to the pod. How's it going? Good. Doing good, good. doing good. The other aforementioned person is, of course, of course Will Jones. He's rocking his uh, Roberto Firmino jersey here. The color, the color choice is questionable, but it's here nonetheless. Um, it's great to have you guys on the pod. I think the best place to start is where is the panic button relative to finishing runners up in the Community Shield? Um, second, of course, to Arteta's Arsenal. Mm, great question, James. Yeah, when I saw the team sheet, I was like, "Oh, okay, we're actually like fully going for this." And then go down early to an, an amazing goal from Abba. Uh, and then just couldn't really put anything together. Like the goal from Minamino was objectively kind of gross. Like it just kind of like bounced a bunch of people and then he put it in. But um, overall, I mean, I'm not worried, obviously. Obviously yeah. not worried. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Panic, <laughs> Stop asking. Panic button is very far in the back of my mind. Um, Community Shield, like congrats. Well-deserved when credit, where credit's due. Arsenal mm. actually, first half Arsenal played very well. Mm. Um, but with if there were extra time, I would have uh, imagined Liverpool finding a second. They were starting to sort of hit their stride there at the end. Uh, and, I mean, tough blow for Brewster, um, first touch. But, uh, yeah, no, no panic button, really. It's one of those games that's a – if you lose it, it's a preseason warm-up game, and yeah, if you win exactly. it, it's a it's a title. Yeah, so. lose it. Tin pot, who cares? Silverware yeah, is a, silverware. There's right. a spin zone for everything. Uh, Patrick, King of Spin Zones, do you want to give everyone a little rundown for how we're going to do this? It'll be in a little different format from how we did the roundtables last year. Keep it light. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, James and I talked before this, and we promised that one of us uh, will be responsible for keeping this thing moving forward and not Can't have a double heel. Yeah, at the same time. We won't be taking the piss simultaneously. We will be alternating back and forth. But we do have a few segments for you. We're going to do a Liverpool edition a little bit, leave it later on. So that one's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to start with a new segment that I'll let uh, James introduce in a minute. That's where we're going to really grill grill these mm-hmm. two guys about Liverpool. Then a little fun game. Um, I don't know what if it's a if it's a take on what we used to do, but a little little guess the quote action, James. I don't know what you're calling this segment. Uh, what we used to call it. I had some other ones, but this one's called Klopp Lobster. 
I don't really know why. Then before before we kind of close out with some some closing thoughts, we are going to get some season predictions from you. We're mm-hmm. going to put have to put your feet to the fire on Liverpool season uh, upcoming. And as well, we always like to get a top four prediction from you to round out the rest of the table. So, James, why don't you kick it off with a brand new segment for this year's roundtables? This segment is called Flaw and Order. And then here's where Patrick puts in the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Or, yeah, executive producer Dick yeah. Wolf. Yeah, don't even need and then, uh So the way this is going to run, it's really to get the conversation going in a fun way. You guys are going to stand trial, defense to our prosecution. We're going to ask some very probing accusatory tone questions about Liverpool. Uh, granted, they were a little hard to come up with, but maybe we'll get some wind beneath our sails with that Community Shield failure. So we're going to run through a few questions about the squad, maybe things that are lingering in your mind for the new season, and we'll let the conversation go from there. Okay, first and foremost, uh, Firmino, Bobby Firmino, uh, recently seen on the back of Will's jersey, has had his lowest goal return in all five seasons at Liverpool with nine goals. Uh, Timo Werner chose Chelsea over Liverpool, so I want you guys to explain to me how the number nine isn't a gaping issue in your team right now. Um, well, I think Werner plays like a very different role than because Bobby kind of plays like a false nine, like a lot of setup. Whereas Werner is like amazing getting behind the ball and like finishing. Not that Firmino isn't, but uh, I think obviously I would have loved to take him in an in instant because um, he can also kind of play on the wing. Uh, but I think there was just an off year for Bobby, not a lot of service through the midfield. So I think he easily gets back to double digits goal uh, for next year. Oh, so I the hope. midfield's a problem. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm, it's not I'm him. responsible it's not his for fault. moving this, this segment forward. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. No, um, I guess maybe that's the larger question. If it's not, your concern isn't who's in between Mane and Salah. Is your bigger concern what's happening in the midfield? Scott, yes. what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to agree with that. I, I don't think I have much concern for Firmino. Um, mm. His role, like being flanked by Salah and Mane, he doesn't have to necessarily score a lot of goals to for this Liverpool team to actually be successful. He's more of the facilitator uh, up top. Um, but what I think what was alluding to was the midfield not necessarily helping the forwards out as much. Um, like we, I think, can upgrade a bit in terms of the attacking midfield. Um, I feel like Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and Henderson all sort of have the similar sense of being a little more defensive-minded. Um, Kata started to get going a little bit uh, after the, the break this past season, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing sort of how they can upgrade the midfield a little bit. Is that um, well? We we talked about the panic button earlier, obviously in jest, but in true ESPN fashion, um, they tried to make it seem like as little of a joke as possible, and said they need to get Tiago Alcantara in yeah. ASAP. Um, are you guys buying that assessment? Is he a hundred percent crucial to the team, or just nice padding? I wouldn't say crucial, but obviously, I think I completely agree with what Scott said. Like Fabinho, Hendo, and Genie can all play defensive mid like amazingly and they can play center mid pretty well but it's they'll have flashes of being able to produce the the offense in the service but it's not always there you need someone who's more consistent going to be helping to set up the play rather than just like recovering the ball and trying to just hoof it down the wings or like putting it out to Robbo or Trent so I think Thiago would be an amazing signing um but objectively I'm kind of sick of hearing about him because it's like every day it's like six different reports like you know, they've agreed with him, but not Byron. Like, Byron hasn't had any contact. Like, Byron has had contact. Like, I'm just, just get it done or don't do it. Like, at, at this point, I, I'm just overhearing about it. But, yeah. Scott, you had mentioned uh, before on a previous podcast possibility of, of Trent moving in to the midfield. Is that, if you don't get help in the midfield, I, how, is, is that just kind of a fan pipe dream? I really don't know how, 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 how based in, 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 legitimacy those those wishes are can you kind of walk me through that yeah that i i i kind of remember hearing something in passing of like that being potential future um rollway conversation yeah i just you know the uh fenway sports group talking in the background i just you know <laughs> eavesdrop a little bit um but it i think it is more a little bit 
fan driven in my mind of like he just feels like the guy who that can eventually just transform into a like a holding midfielder that distributes the ball better than almost anybody like some of the balls that he switches from him to Rabo are like the most amazing things ever um and then as he gets like better adept at like the touch and the quick footedness of central midfield i think like he's young enough where he'll, he'll be able to learn that and i think the transition wouldn't be as sort of like cumbersome as other fullbacks to midfield uh, transitions might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've kind of danced around it as far as bringing in additional talent replacements. You've obviously got uh, what a Sim Simicus or someone to back up Robertson in, in the left back position. Tiago's kind of at the top of the list that hopefully gets wrapped up soon for you guys. Are there other replacements on the radar or um, are you guys planning on letting, I know Lalana has left. That's not really a big concern. Anyone Um, Shakiri might be on his way out. Uh, Are you guys worried about not getting talent into replace? I, I think that the issue is still having effective people on the bench to bring in. Like, Obviously, we have a lot of young talent, like Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, um, Brewster, uh, like a lot of like young defenders, right? But that's good to have depth to build up in a couple of years. But like, if you're in the Champions League, like second leg, you need a goal. It's the 75th minute. Like, I'm not having faith bringing on like Curtis Jones against you know Real Madrid or something. You know, like Origi has been has been good, but um, I think we're kind of in between the point of mm-hmm. like a successful club and someone like City and Barca and Real have, have these people on the bench that would start for other teams but are happy to be in a rotational role. So I think a striker or winger, um, they can kind of come in the game and close out, so to speak, would be mm-hmm. great at this point. But I'm happy we sent a left back because um, that was something we were lacking last season. You touched on a good point there. I feel like Liverpool has an amazing first 11, one that powered them to the title. But yeah. you're still struggling for that player who is first team quality, but happy to sit on the bench. Like yeah, I don't know if you guys exactly have that. I can't think of one off the top of my no, head. No, I I don't I don't think so. Like, and then you look at obviously City is who we keep referencing because they're they're direct competition in the past couple of years. But it's when you have like Bernardo Silva, Leroy Sané, Riyad Mahrez coming on, it's like kind of a joke. Like those are amazing players. So um, I, I mean, think just you have ask to upgrade the bench. Just ask yeah, Patrick about the. Bench. The Man City team we formed on FIFA. We got all the bench talent into a starting eleven. It yeah, was pretty playing, gross. Playing Sane and uh, Bernardo Silva as fullbacks just to really <laughs> put the talent onto the field. It wasn't really playing with anything else. Yeah, it's a fun. Bunch of best play. players on the field. Yeah. Pat, you yeah, want to take the next one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a good a good question. So, um, there rotation up front seems to be a theme for every every single club across the Premier League except for Liverpool. And that's not to have a go at them. They just won the title. But it seems to almost be a requirement. And it's it's almost like how long can they go on? How long can they survive on those three? And then, you know, God forbid, obviously not rooting for it, but an injury seems like it would really, really derail them. I mean, Minamino, he had a good game today, but I was tr- truly surprised he just opened his account. So he's not he's not there yet. It almost feels desperate to me to get somebody in before the summer closes. Is that is that too dramatic to say? With Lana leaving, Origi potentially leaving, Shakiri maybe out the door as well. Like who's? It, it would be Curtis Jones right now, will right to come in on the seventy fifth minute against against Real yeah. Madrid. Uh, again, like I just don't have a ton of confidence in the current options off the bench to really change a game. Like I think it was the same thing with Lana. Like he can stabilize a game and make sure that no mm. mistakes are made so to speak but like if you're down a goal you need someone who has like that x factor like whether i i don't know someone again like uh, either a faster winger or someone who can who can close out uh coming in for bobby yeah and it's very it's very disheartening when you see something like klopp saying in the media that he they're just not in for messy <laughs> they're just not yeah. even gonna go for it yeah well, I mean, that's that's I think that's an important distinction to make when we're talking about the comparisons to City. You know, Liverpool's so good right now, but you forget how they built that team. They built that team on a really, really smart transfer policy where they sold. You know, people are talking about like, do Arsenal sell Lacazette or do they sell Aubameyang? That's going to hurt, right? But I'm sure it hurt 
when you let Suarez go. I'm sure it hurt when you let Coutinho go, but it, I'm sure as hell didn't hurt this past year. So they really built this team through smart business, and it seems like they're maintaining that strategy now. But that's a tougher strategy to keep you at the top of the mountain than it is to kind of slowly build up to there. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what's next. It is a bit. I'd be a bit concerned hearing kind of Klopp talking about the transfer dealings and then looking at the likes of Chelsea, looking at the likes of Manchester City and their transfer policy. So is that a real? I mean, obviously it seems like a concern, but yeah, Scott, go ahead. Yeah, the so everything you're saying adds up. It makes sense. I think there is a bit of concern. I think the glass half full view potentially is Klopp might start to look towards his younger players as people who can contribute more. Um, you have Ryan Brewster, who they've loaned out the past two or three seasons. Like Harvey Elliott, he's been playing a lot more. Curtis Jones got a lot more run. Like these guys aren't necessarily someone who we can like, um, not people that we have faith in yet because they haven't necessarily had time to prove it. But I think they're, it potentially shows Klopp is leaning more towards the ingrown, like, the homegrown talent that they have just a plethora of right now. And as they, I'm hoping to see a little bit more of the young kids in like the first team, getting some run with the first teams, uh, like later in games that they might have already in hand. Mm-hmm. It's pretty Dortmund-esque philosophy coming from Klopp, just bringing those players through, you know, it's, it's admirable. It just, it just takes time and it's a bit of a project. Uh, this just popped into my mind. It's not really part of the segment. Is Loris Carius technically back at Liverpool? I think he actually is. And he, I think he it's made a statement many. being like, I want to like compete with the, with the squad type of thing. Ooh. But I think he Ooh. is, I, I don't know what ha- is actually happening with his contract. He's either going to get loaned out again or because he was a Bistakis, right? And I think yeah, he, some he, Turkish. He came back. Yeah. Turkish yeah. Club. I just well, honestly like blacked him out of my mind. <laughs> it's funny when a player comes like an outcast comes back from loan and is like, What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. Just like Pat said, the El Nenny right into the starting lineup. Yep, go to Turkey and they, then it's a weird window and you're like, Wait, what? These are we basically just traded Sabios for El Nenny and everyone's pretending like that's okay. Put him in a wig. Yeah. It's Sabios. Yeah. Sorry, Pat. No, you're good. Um Yeah, so I mean I guess that's a, that's another decent transition here into uh, just kind of the transfer dealings when talking about Klopp and his philosophy. Klopp's been also very clear uh, in the media, right, that he's he is done after his contract ends in 2024. Uh, that's a ways out. But, you know, you're talking about the transition of the squad. Looking at the age of, of, the, of the, that first 11, that first team, that kind of times up with, you know, when Klopp leaves, it seems like you're going to need to replace the bulk of that starting 11. Four years out, f- fair enough. I think it'll be fine until then. But when do you start to get worried about a transition plan? Is this young generation that you have enough to kind of appease you right now? Or are you kind of starting to think, like, where's our next next batch of, like, young young players that are in the first team, not coming to the first team? I, I guess that would be in, like, a year or two, maybe. because if you're just going to rely on the current academy kids, you're essentially saying that they're going to become world-class players, the level of Mane Salah. Uh, I mean, I personally love Firmino, but I don't think overall he's like world-class quality, but Mane and Salah, like you honestly, if we hadn't won the league, like you'd expect Real Madrid to come knocking type of thing. Like, you know, just buy Mm -hmm. them out, take them. That's like historically what's happened in Liverpool is like they develop talent. Like you said, Coutinho, uh, Suarez to where they are world class and then a bigger club just comes and takes them and then it's kind of like you use that money you invest it you hope you hit right on some of the the younger people you're bringing in um, but if you don't that can derail the club and then you'll have seasons like uh, like 2016 where it's just a nightmare you know so I think it's it's pretty important to realize that you have to have a mix of growing your talent but also paying the premium for proven talent like what happened when we got VVD and Allison, like Champions mm-hmm. League runs, like we won the league. Like there are players that are worth the money, which is again why I was very disappointed we didn't go for Werner because I think he will be mm-hmm. uh, an amazing player. And mm-hmm. same with like Kai Havertz. I'm sure everyone would love to sign Kai Havertz. Um, you just want to see the intent backed up mm-hmm. financially. I understand that COVID derailed a lot of things, but like the money is there. So I don't know. I just think you're gonna quickly fall out of like the the one two race for for the title and then top four is gonna come back to being like your objective for the season you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like the margin of error is so fine between making Champions League, running at the title, and obviously for you guys retaining the title. It's an arms race. It's getting harder and harder every year, and like, the more that one club does, then you have to keep up. And yeah, I mean, it, it makes for it makes for a fun kind of you know, third party viewing, but you know, none of us really have third party interests, so it's been and it's so easy to speculate. Like right now. It, Everything's messed up with with COVID and the way the seasons are lining up. So we're in this weird in-between transfer window, and the Community Shield just happened, and the season ended like three weeks ago. And right now, like obviously we're fans, we love to speculate. From a United perspective, I'm like, we're not making top four. And you can just kind of plot it out the way you see your team making moves. You see what Chelsea's doing. You see what Man City, I guess, count Ferran Torres, but you see what they're talking about regarding a certain um, animal creature from the – the Barcelona regions of Spain, it you start plotting out how your team's going to look next season, and if you're not making moves comparable to those teams like Chelsea and City, it it gets a little nervy. Yeah, like I think a big thing is being able to, as you said, like rotate whether it's the front three or your left back, right back. But it's like I feel like with Liverpool, if you take out more than one key piece, like that's when you have these matches where you'll you'll draw zero zero and draw points when you easily should have won if you're starting so again i don't want anyone to get injured that would be obviously horrible for the front three but like Mm -hmm. in the event someone does like there just isn't someone on the bench that i feel confident to like go through like six or seven games starting in place of them and actually Mm -hmm. come out with results right Last Here's a year, question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Last year, like Liverpool, there was an um, immense amount of luck in terms of not having too many injuries. Like the only real, um, like in and out of the first team was in the midfield. Like the back four and the top three, they were basically yeah. there for That's the entire point. series. It's um, where you have squad that. depth too. You could rotate five in there. Right. Exactly. So team, right? not having that like top guy that you can like spell Mane for a game or two, like that is a concern because like just statistically speaking, you're not going to get through another full season without a major injury. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me flip this around. Let's be a little bit more hopeful here. Who do you think, who do you think of those young talents that you have on, on Liverpool that some people that don't follow Liverpool um, are going to see show up in a big way? You know, thinking back to this year, uh, you know, Mason Mount, uh, Mason Greenwood, uh, Bakayo Saka. Any Mason, guys that, really. Yeah, pretty much. All these guys who, you know, maybe outside of their respective clubs were just viewed as a prospect that maybe down the line would come good, and they did. Who's, who on Liverpool are you expecting to take, take a step forward to the first team this year? So it's a really good question, and it's a difficult one because I don't know who necessarily Klopp is going to loan out still yet. Like, I've been holding out hope for Harry Wilson for the last two years. Like, what he's done out on loan has been incredible. Um, I think it's it's tough because he's, like, his position is the position on our team that we have depth already. Um, So I guess the one guy you would point to right now is Rion Brewster. If we don't loan him out, then I think he can probably challenge Origi as, like, that first guy off the bench to spell someone up top. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree about Wilson. Like, when he was playing for Bournemouth, I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good doing it at a Premier League level. Like, not every single week, but, like, overall had a very positive season. And then I look at our bench, and I'm like, he has more contributions than, like, multiple people on our bench combined. Like, why are we continuing to loan this guy out? Like, does he just want a ton of money in a contract? We're not re-signing him. I don't know what the behind-the-scenes are, but, like, I think, like, as Scott said, like, Brewster is extremely promising – I don't know if he'll get loaned out, but at the moment, like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, like I just physically don't see them being able to come in for like 45 minutes off the bench and just withstand, like not to be a hardo, like everyone in the Premier League are like bodybuilders, but like they're pretty underdeveloped physically at the moment. So like, I don't think they could challenge anyone off the ball and really be too effective. And that's again, why I think we would need to sign someone that's able to do that. Need more hard bods in that squad. Yeah. I can feel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Signing yeah, of the season. Klopp have a good, a good. Yeah, no, he's a. Oh, that's true. Fan. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll Just do a little make a make a wish for him. That'd yeah. Be nice. Uh, <laughs> last question for you guys before we move on to another segment. Uh, you talked about sort of key figures who could 
break through and make an impact from a lesser standing. I think my just general overall question that I'm curious to know from you guys, who is the most important player for your guys' season coming up? Like across the full spectrum, like who's going to make or break this, um, this upcoming season for you, if you could pin it down to one player. Like as far as injury goes or if everyone's healthy, I guess you're going to retain the title next season. Who's the most important player in making sure that becomes a reality? Yeah, I, like everyone's healthy. Like who's if, yeah. if if nothing if shit doesn't hit the fan, who's who's driving I, the I'd shit? Ha- I'd have to say Trent, I guess, just from interesting. Uh, I don't know contributions on both sides, offensively and defensively, but also from set pieces. Like when he's, it's the first play we've had since Coutinho. When he's over a free kick, I'm like. There's a really decent chance this is going in, it's, and he's yeah, one game. It's uncanny. You know, it's ridiculous, and he's he's a defender. Obviously, not that defenders like historically aren't great for you kick figures, but like he's our best threat in front Having of goal. Haven't met Davies, so I know. Yeah, when he came up today for the pen, I was like, "Oh, this is a miss," and then he just psycho right. energy, right? <laughs> but yeah, so I I think I I guess I'd have to say Trent. Yeah, I like. I think Trent's an awesome answer because to your point, the having some um, weapon over the ball in a 25-yard out free kick is, like, it's invaluable. Um, Easy answer for me is Van Dyke. I think just everything goes with him. You can pair him with anybody today. They put Fabinho back there with him. Um, And honestly, it was kind of cool seeing Gomez out playing uh, right fullback again, which maybe future like reading the tea leaves moves Trent back into midfield. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Van Dyke, I'd like as Van Dyke goes, so does their defense. And if their defense is stifling as always, then you would almost assume that they're scoring a goal, maybe two and have a chance to win every game. Yeah. Yeah. And like the front three are obviously extremely important, but if one's out of form, it's unlikely that the other two are, completely out of form as well so like there's still some production up there um right. whereas like i feel like the defense went like it's so noticeable in games when they're rotating um center back right back left back because like the service isn't there from the outside and that's like the whole system they rely on just like whipping a ton of balls into like these five nine wingers for some reason Dude, I, yeah R- robertson puts he put like 10 balls like between the six yard box and emmy martinez yeah today. it's just <laughs> i can't i i'm i you guys should finish more to be honest with you but it was it's just they're they're so deadly the two of them yeah. and yeah, that, yeah that's a great point we need Andy Carroll up there to just a big body yeah, for real you for know. real if only it was if ben only it was a different games. era of yeah, Liverpool exactly. yeah yeah I think that's a good answer because we were talking earlier about um, what City has that you guys don't have which is attacking quality off the bench well think about what you guys have that they don't have which is Virgil Van Dyke. And, you know, no disrespect to Kyle Walker, but I, I think right now attacking impact is Trent Alexander-Arnold. And what they had was probably their best defender in Laporte being injured for most of the season. And I'd say that was the difference. You know, they didn't have that defensive linchpin. So Van Dyke seems like he's in his prime, and that's not going to change anytime soon. So He's so lo- good. As long so as you, you edge them out in that department, I'll always be quietly confident that Liverpool is going to, going to retain the title so we'll see how things develop there all right let's move on to a segment near and dear to my heart i'm calling it clop lobster it used to be who's it used to be who's man's where we would uh give you a quote and you would have to tell me who it's been attributed to this game's a little different i'm going to read you three jürgen jürgen klopp quotes or are they you're going to need to tell me if he actually said this or if i just made it up so three Jurgen Klopp quotes. You got to tell me if he actually said them or not. Here's the first one. Yes, it's true. I underwent a hair transplant. I think they're real. I think the results are really cool. Don't you? Yeah, he said that. Scott. I was gonna say no, but Will was so confident. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're pivoting to Will's confidence. It's well-founded confidence because he did actually say yeah, that. Yeah, I just remember yeah. they were like, because you obviously know with Rooney when he got his hair transplant, the English media like torched him for it. And so for Klopp, when he, they cast him, he's like, yeah, they look good. And they're like, oh, you're not embarrassed? And then <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. 
He's like, have you seen my teeth? Yeah, I know. <laughs> These chompers. Yeah, the English media will torch anyone for anything. So he trying to look better. They're like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pathetic. Age. Yeah, you sicko. All right, next one. I show my team old Metallica tour videos before big games. Everyone in the crowd is pissed drunk. It's actually not too dissimilar from what we have going on here. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to go with no on that one. <laughs> yeah, that one's fake. <laughs> that one's fake. I think, yeah, if you didn't say pissed drunk, I might have fallen for that. Because, like, the Shit. whole heavy metal football. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's Shit, clearly right, yeah. where it came from. Context yeah. clues let me down there. Yeah. You're right. learning, James. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got to keep getting smarter and better. Here's the last better. one. Tighten it up. You can speak about spirit or you can live it. We took the team to a lake in Sweden where there was no electricity. We went for five days without food. <laughs> no. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> he said this. Really? This is a fact. This is a fact. I'm pretty sure five he took days? his Bayern team to Sweden for like some retreat. <laughs> five days with no food? I don't even know if he's exaggerating. I'm tempted to say he's not. Yeah. Klopp doesn't seem like a bullshitter. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you'd put on the Klopp accent for those. Make it a little more believable. I thought about it. Um, yeah. It's not really Once you commit, locker. it's stressful. Yeah. You have to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're in too deep. You can't go yeah. back. It's got it's got to be a B plus or better, or else it's going to yeah. come off real yeah. bad. That's why I have, I, I have I other accents doing the British in the locker. Accent very not this early. one yet. <laughs> very uh, early. Mo Salah. Stick with it, Emery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mo Salah running down the wings, eh? <laughs> Let's get into our season predictions. Let's do it. And then we'll end with a little bit leave it. Uh, let's just have it out, lads. Right now, if you could lay down top four in order, I have a sense who you're going to go with, but why don't we hear it just so we have it for the record. Early predictions. I got Liverpool retaining it, Man City 2, Chelsea 3, and I mean, I yeah, Man U four. <sighs> today didn't today didn't give Fair me enough. enough Arsenal mm. confidence. Hey, just because they ain't mm. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking up a, from eighth place <laughs> in a in a messy list city team. That's like the big key for me, mm. which is crazy that that's like what we're actually talking about. Like, eh, if they can sign, like, the best player of all time, like, I what think they could edge out the title. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Liverpool to to go back-to-back. Uh, City 2. Actually going to put United 3 Ooh. and then Chelsea 4. But, yeah, Ooh. I think Chelsea's transfer window has been fantastic. And I think Bruno Fernandes is fantastic. So, I don't know. I think we were saying it offline. We're going to have an absolute field day with the Chelsea roundtable. Uh, just – like Lampard and Abramovich are just doing FIFA career mode. It's great. Yeah. The My only question is, you always call him Fat Frank. Like, is he fat? Like, I don't. Well, <laughs> we talk. We yeah. talk about the English media who just yeah. like go in on hair transplants. Yeah. I was telling Patrick, I think Frank Lampard had a had a tough like World Cup or Euros one summer, uh, okay. and the media took one picture of him with like an undefined like six pack. And we're just like, Fat Frank fails his nation. <laughs> like, headline on the sun. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I started calling him, like, Fat Frank after quarantine. And I was like, I, yeah. I didn't watch. I mean, I watched the Chelsea games. I, just, I didn't pick up on it. It <laughs> yeah. looks, looks the same to me. Yeah. Oh, here's a question. What was your guys' take on the Klopp-Lampard argument in that Liverpool-Chelsea game? Guys being dudes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, heat of the moment. Frank overreacting. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not much in it then. Mm-hmm. Well, I, will, I you know, I'm not surprised you both went for Liverpool up top in first place. You can't you kind of have to. You yeah. can't go in when change it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a a very big caveat though. It, it, today is August 29th, 2020. Just putting that on record. Stamp on it. Right now Messi is not on Man City, so that is again like that the answer completely potentially changes if and Unfortunately, potentially one. What, what do you think yeah. the point System difference player. is for City? Like, what do you think the point difference is for City if they get Messi? <laughs> 10 points, 15 points? Like, what do you think the difference is? Like, with, with yeah, Messi I without? Don't... Like, what, what do you think? 
I, I think with that team, if you have Lionel Messi, there's no way you go below 100 points. Like, I I just don't. I saw it, or I don't know. I guess, how, what's the maximum amount of points if you ever win every single game? Like 114 or something? 38 times yeah, 3. 38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-3-38-times-
Yeah, the whole point of Little Bit Leave It is you leave it. The takes are allowed to stew and marinate. This is a slow cooker, James. Yeah. You always want to grill. You always want to grill, but sometimes... I'm really bad at the the segments we come up with because Pat makes very simple rules like you're done now, you have to go along with it. I'm I'm like debating it at every turn and then a little bit leave it. I immediately go in on these takes. So All right, well I got one. This one might be fun for um from the top rope. I think that Liverpool will have four players in double digit goals in the league this year. Mane and Salah are locked. Bounce back for Firmino, and I think Trent is going to, from the top rope, get 10. I think he's probably going to get five five from set pieces. He loves running forward. I yeah, mean, he's, knuckling. When we were talking about that earlier, like when Trent scores, it, just, it feels more deflating when like a defender just completely does you in with like a blast. You're just like, well, mm-hmm. fucking A, that's their fucking right back. Like, I feel like when Trent scores, it's like the game's over. So that's mine a little bit, Leave it. Do you that's, guys – for the end of the year, James, so it has a hard out. Okay, I like that, Patrick. <laughs> uh, question, Scott and Will, off the top of your guys' head, do you know how many free kick goals in the Premier League Trent has? I think it's at least five. Because David Beckham has the record with 18, and the next closest was like 14 with Ronaldo and a couple others. And uh, I'm like, if, if Trent if stays in the Premier career, League, yeah, yeah I was like, doubt. it's yeah. done, yeah. And like for him, like we're like, – I don't. Maybe I'm just being naive, but I don't see him going anywhere. He's like a this is no, a yeah, club, it, and it's one of the biggest exactly, clubs in the yeah. world. Like, why yeah, would he, he grow go up in the system? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. at the, the same time, for a fan it, and for yeah, it's the dream. it being harder to recruit, I think, uh, like from other nationalities necessarily to like come to Merseyside um, or like anywhere in North North England. At the same time, like when you have homegrown talent, like they're just not. I just don't ever see him leaving. Really, you mm-hmm. know. Like I feel like him and Rabo will play their careers out mm-hmm. here. Obviously, like, Rabo's not honestly. I see Trent taking the armband, like in five oh, yeah. years. Yeah, sure, sure. Who who is it? Who has it now? Henderson, Hendo, Milner, Van Dyke. Well, player of the year. Yeah, Hendo. Yeah. Heard of him? Player. player of the year. Put some respect. <laughs> awesome, James. Do you have any uh, Liverpool related? A little bit. Leave it. Give Scott no, a little time no, to think. Maybe another one. I don't take my time to. Uh, oh. I have like a myself. negative one, oh, which yeah. is like I'm either right. Or it doesn't happen, but I, I just feel like I love a good emotional uh, edge. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I, I feel like with the if Messi does leave, like the Barca will come knocking for Mane or Salah at some point this year. I just think they're going to put like a screw you off or just dumb money because they just need to and they're addicted to signing wingers. Um, well, so now now we're just, I mean, now we're just talking football in general. Do you guys think that's desirable to go to Barcelona right now? Because I know, like, with Ronaldo, mm-hmm. with Hazard, like, if Real come knocking, if Barca come knocking, you can't say no. Like, you have to go no matter what. But right now, you're looking at Liverpool versus, like, a Barcelona team that's, like, in shambles. If Barcelona comes knocking, do you think that's still really attractive to a player? I I don't know. I think if you look at, like, the AC Milan teams of, like, the mid-2000s, late-2000s, like, I think Barca and Real obviously have, like, essentially unlimited money so they can just keep buying players. But, like, right. Milan literally had like the best players in the world for like a, a long run, and now you don't see this. Like obviously, King Zlatan's there, but like you don't see like the top transfers wanting to go to Milan. Like it used to be like you had Seedorf, Ronaldinho, like all these players like Kaka. going there, and and that tapered off. I'm not saying the Barca would like fall off, but I just think yeah, the it used to be a point where Barca Real want you to join, you just can't say no. You just kind mm-hmm. of have to essentially. Right. Yeah, and right. they're ahead, like. Sorry. Starting lineup basically average age is like 33 at this point too. So if you go, like you're gonna need to win La Liga in the next year or two. Otherwise, like they're gonna have to have a decent amount of turnover. Let me let me ask you this. So that scenario will that could could play out. Let's let's say it does. It seems like it would be more likely Mane based on what I've been reading than it would be Sal Salah. Mm-hmm. Um, would you effectively trade, like if you were able to kind of do that Liverpool bit of business where you sell one of your big stars and you bring in some other people, let me just run the scenario. If you get rid of Mane and you bring in, let's say, like a Latouro uh, Martinez uh, from Inter and a winger, maybe like a, 
what's what's the guy on uh, on Newcastle's name? Uh, Saint Maximan or like a Zaha? Somebody's like Premier League talent that can that can play the wing and Zaha. then like kind of a rotational forward. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like who's like all the yeah. hot wingers been kind of like scooped up. We'll give you like twenty that. million plus Ganduzi. I'm trying to think of like no, the Latouro I mean, plus whatever the budget is to make up the Sane math, and I'm like maybe that guy. Yeah, I don't know. Trail right. market. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I something think, like that, like a proven winner if, in the Premier League. If if he were to leave, like you'd have to be looking at like a massive signing at the, at the current state of the club. Like I think then you'd start looking at someone like Sancho, like someone who's like a generational mm. talent that like everyone in the world wants. But like, I, I don't think he, at that point you'd piece together. Like I, I think Martinez is a great player. I don't like him as a person. He's always like a whiny little baby whenever mm. I see him mm. play. Um, but I think, yeah, like, I, you never I did get a Suarez replacement. <laughs> but uh, I think Sancho is somewhat, like, would be realistic in that scenario if the money's there to just put a ridiculous offer in. And I would be him. heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. If Woodward's given the transfer team the bank holiday weekend and Liverpool swoop yeah. in and buy just Sancho. In. Yeah. Yeah. Woodward uh, sitting there with his with his his TI eighty four just trying, trying to, to see make where a he call. can save money. Yeah, just like, <laughs> hey, Jaden, got this um, one twenty here. Yeah, I think in like the state of this Liverpool team, where they're at at like the top of the world rankings, basically, if you lose a Mane, you have to replace him with a world class talent. Like, I don't think it's. Uh, like a conglomerate of people that you replace them with, and you remain at where you're at. I think you need it needs mm-hmm. to be a like a one for one swap. All right. Yeah. Then that really narrows it down to basically like Havertz and Sancho, right? If you're going to do, if you're going to do like that, get a younger version of somebody who can play, you know, across the across the front three. Yeah, it's well, just like if you look at, I, I just feel like it's such a disadvantage being in Northern England realistically for players that are used to playing in Spain, France, Italy when like you're trying to have them move their entire life and family like, like i don't think neymar is going to come up and just like sit in the rain for like it takes a, a certain you know kind I mean? of player yeah yeah that grit you know yeah <laughs> gotta have grit to live in the northwest yeah. north london can never <laughs> sorry um i like my prawn sandwiches and i'll keep having those <laughs> in soho well, fellas, this has been awesome. I know we went a little bit over and a little off topic, but it's been it's been really awesome conversation. Yep. So, thanks. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Anything let's... left left unsaid? I feel like we had yeah we touched on on plenty, but want to give you that that opportunity. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No. Just what, what an agenda! What an agenda! Yeah. 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 Prem de la Prem leaves guests speechless. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Some podcasts still know how business gets done. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks so much, guys, for joining. Um, we'll have you back on at some point in the season to check in on all things Liverpool. And uh, hope you guys give us a listen throughout the season. Tell your friends. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye now. We Oh,